Hi, this is Samantha, and you're listening to the Layman's Doctor podcast, where we're bringing medicine home. Today, we're going to be talking about the vaccination process, vaccines, and just having a little wrap session with two persons this time. This is the first time we've ever had three persons on the podcast. I have with me Dr. Theon Sims, who is currently a medical intern, and we have Megan Johnson, or soon-to-be Dr. Megan Johnson, one of the medical students. So we have some varying perspectives. You know, we don't have any senior staff, but so it go. Um, so we have some varying perspectives, and we're just going to have a little wrap session about the vaccine. Um, I think that the more and more we talk about the vaccine and the vaccination process and the symptoms and everything, it's just the more people will know about it and the more likely they are to actually go out and take the vaccine. So, Megan, can you introduce yourself for us? Hi, everyone. My name is Megan Johnson and I'm a third year medical student. All right. And then this is the second time Dr. Sims or Theon has been on the podcast. Actually, the, the, what were they talk about the last time again? Was MBBS online? MBBS. Oh online. wow! Imagine, That's imagine that. none of us remember the remember the podcast episode, and Meg is like, "Oh yes, MBBS online." So yes, and I think you are my third most listened to podcast. You know, Jason is first. My second most listened to is my adoption podcast with Gavin Goff, and then we have. Theon, who is the third most listened to podcast. Theon, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, sure. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Theon Sims. I'm a medical doctor. I'm at the intern level, you know. So, yeah, that's that's it. All right. So, you can see that we have three perspectives. I mean, everybody's still a junior doctor. Um, an intern. So, we have medical students. For those who don't know, medicine is for five years and then um half of that at year two and a half or third year you go into a clinical period for about two and a half years and then after that you have a one year 12 month internship period where you're given only a provisional license which means that you can only practice medicine within the public health system namely the hospital system and then I'm at the senior house officer level where if you choose to continue in the public health system, you have kind of another year of uh, practice. Um, but at this point, I, you have a full license so you can actually write prescriptions and practice, technically practice medicine outside of the public health system. All three of us were vaccinated. I was vaccinated on March 10th. We are recording this on March 18th. So I'm thinking that we've all finished most, if not all of our symptoms from the vaccine. Yeah, man. I was out to the, out to the woodwork. Yeah. So I got mine on the 10th, which was the first day that they started vaccination. When did you guys, Meg, when did you get your vaccine? The 12th, the Friday. I mean, you so happy because that did cause a whole heap of controversy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, you know, maybe sound a little bit more appreciative. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say to you. Girl. 
right, Sims, how about you? Hold on, I'm looking on my Google Calendar. Oh, I got it there. Level. So, I have to check. <laughs> I have to yeah, Thursday. It was definitely Thursday because I remember having work the Friday, and I kind of mashed me up still. But we'll talk about that. Yes. So, all right. So, I got it on the first day. Sims got it on the second day. And Meg got it on the third day. And I'm happy to hear that a few, well, the, the few medical students that I still know, I know some of them got their vaccines today. I'm not really sure about the whole story about what years got it and how they got it. Mm-hmm. But I know they got it. Mm-hmm. And quite a few other med students had gotten it, even before the Friday, whether through their, um, I think their consultants and whatnot. But let's go through the whole vaccination process because a part of this podcast is like, yeah, we're talking about our experiences. We have a little rap session. By the end of the day, I want people to leave this saying, yeah, man, I think I'm, no, not even think, yeah, man, I'm gonna get the vaccine when it comes. Once is my turn. I know that today, Dr. Christopher Tufton, um, he had signed an agreement today with, I can't remember the name of the call center, but they'll be the ones who are in charge of um, taking the dates for when persons take the vaccine um, or want to make vaccine mm-hmm. appointments. So some moves being made, there are definitely some hiccups. So I'll start first. Um, everybody know from when me ready to take the vaccine. But I think what a lot of people don't actually know was that initially, like when they had just started talking about vaccination, I was actually super hesitant. I'm not going to lie. I was in that group of persons who was like, "Mm, well, I'm not so sure yet. It was never like, no, I'm not taking it. It was more so I'm not really sure as yet. That was for me. Everybody was kind of like that initially, though. It was just kind of like, I need more information. Nope, kind of I completely thing. disagree. I was never there. I was just like, yo, give me the vaccine. No. <laughs> in front of the line. Outside. Outside. <laughs> I think one, you see, once we, when we were talking about vaccines in like a, in a, in a, wait a second, a vacuum, it was kind of like, but where it going to come from? But like, once there was actually a vaccine, it's like, oh, okay. All right, and I'll read about it. But when they're just saying, "Oh, people are make vaccines," it's kind of like, wait, you know. I think everybody yeah. is like so quick, you know, like where it come from. But the more you realize that this is building on something that was always already in the works, it kind of you know it feel a little more comfortable. Not like you know, it come out of thin air. Facts, but I also think that a lot of people don't want to admit it, you know, because yeah, when I think when we say that. And I deliberately say that I was hesitant before now because I don't want people to think that, oh, you know, it's Samantha, it's Johnson, it's Dr. Johnson, it's the layman's doctor, blah, blah, blah. Of course she's going to take it. Like, I'm human too. I have my fears, I have my concerns, I have my worries. And how I actually get to take it and say, yes, I'm going to take it, is one of my friends who's a doctor now in Trinidad was talking to me about it. And we spoke about vaccinations and we went through how vaccines are made and um, how vaccines work and everything. And I was like, you know, she's right, you know. And I think at this point, we were closer to getting the vaccine. I was like, you know. And there was so much information coming out as well, as well as talking to like persons like Dr. Johan White, who has been 
talking so much about COVID-19 online and then um, just getting more info for real. I was like, you know, it's true. I might as well. Um, and I have confidence in the vaccine. And once I decided that, yes, I was going to take it, I said, you know, the other thing that's going to benefit from this is a huge public health campaign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have to play my part in getting persons to take the vaccine as well. Yeah. Because it's of no benefit to me to be alone vaccinated. It don't benefit me in any way. 100%. 100%. I also think one of the reasons why so many people are hesitant is people are just like, yo, this vaccine come out too quick and blah, blah, blah. But it's like they don't understand how vaccines are made. Mm -hmm. I also think even the power of capitalism itself, like money is such a huge motivator for a lot of these companies. Mm -hmm. So they're going to put in the work, they're going to put in the research mm -hmm. and everything, the effort, all of that, in order to produce something that's actually pretty safe. Even culturally speaking, like Jamaicans haven't really been so quick to take on this vaccine thing. You know, I don't know if you guys have gotten it. Um, any comments from anybody that, you know, any anti-vax or anything? I think mostly it has been... I don't... Because you're saying if you, that the Jamaicans have been very anti-vax, but I think they're more anti-this-vax. Mm. It's, it's more skeptical, like, you know, because... I feel because everybody was a little skeptical in the first part, a lot of propaganda could come out of the first part. So it's like everybody have this one line about how it makes up quick. Yeah, true. I always get it. But they don't really pre that it, it no makes so quick. It's 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 technology that has been developed over the years. We just specified it for you know this this current problem. So it's only a small part of it is new. Mm. You know. So so to respond to both of those, there was a project that a few of us did about misconception about vaccines. It's not out as yet. But one thing that one of the doctors said was that we haven't realized that because we're in this age of technology. We have a lot of information available to more people. So we have more information. Is that core is that crowdsourcing of information happened? Mm -hmm. So you were able to access information much faster as like vaccine producers. And again, we do have a history of creating vaccines and we've more or less used the same type of in quotation technology to create the vaccine. And then the other thing is, you know, I want us to draw parallels to when Jamaica has a very stringent vaccination schedule where most persons are vaccinated, right? The children, in the children years, and it's and I want to draw a parallel to children being vaccinated to go to school, but then what happened a few years ago when they brought the HPV vaccine and the take up of that vaccine as well. And I think we can kind of, I think we should have learned some lessons from that. I don't, I don't think a lot of persons wrap their head around the fact that when they bring the baby for injection or juke or whatever, those are actually the vaccinations. But then mm -hmm. a lesson that we should have learned from when they brought the HPV vaccine is that public education before trying to implement the vaccine is crucial. So as soon as them here said, boy, vaccine soon come or vaccine is being made, we should have started a public health campaign or a public education campaign about vaccination as an umbrella term. And then once a vaccine is closer to being here or is actually 
getting the go ahead, we start talking about the COVID-19 vaccine. So we've kind of built on that education of persons. And for me, no one has, I guess, because I don't want to say curate my space, you know, that word is very hot right now. But <laughs> I have created a space around me where most of the persons that I interact with are very into public health. So no, who I interact with that will say, no, them don't want a vaccine are actually patients. So, I, so where I am now, the over 60s, you know, we're supposed to ask them, hey, do you want to take the vaccine? And lot of times it's just, no, I don't want to. I don't know what that or, you know, um, they're just not interested in it or they might not have some information on it. But then that's where we see education coming into play and using our community health aids to, to spread more information about it and talking more about it. Because I think, I don't think it's necessarily... I don't want that. Um, them going microchip me or whatever. I think it's. I don't understand how it works. I don't know the importance of it. Why do I need to take it? But I think Samantha, that is the majority. Samantha, there is the microchip concern. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 is, it is there. Okay. It is there, but I don't think it's as much as we think it is. And there's a thing in advocacy that you're supposed to do, right? The point of advocacy is not to try and change peep the naysayers mind is try to get the support as much support as you can from the neutrals and people who already support you especially those who have the power to change so i i really don't i think that yes we should debunk it right but you are going to have persons who are simply anti-vax and are just not going to take it no matter what you say to them no matter where you show them no matter if you show them the needle and put micro scope on it and make them sit inside the needle and look inside the vial they are not going to change your mind and i think our energy should be spent trying to educate those who have misconceptions and then getting persons who want to have it and the neutral parties and the persons who have some misconceptions get those mobilize those persons to become vaccinated because i know people who no matter what you say to them they're not gonna take it them just Rather take them chance with COVID. They're not going to take the vaccine. And you can't force them. When you bring up the HPV, I have a very vivid memory of when they were introducing that in schools. Because one, I had just gotten mine. Because I was in sixth form at this point. So I had gotten 18 when I was in like fifth form. Privately. And I remember when they were coming to schools to do it. Because so I, I went to Andrews. So they came to Andrews. And I remember the first formers were in the nurse's office crying right crying because the parents told them that they're using them as guinea pig and how you know and they were they were just afraid some of them vomiting because of how afraid they were and to me it was what do you mean i just paid twenty thousand dollars for this and you get it for free you know so it was i didn't really get understand what all of this it's not new we're not getting yes. on us but they just didn't know it just got a lot of negative publicity because everybody you know I don't know, didn't understand or what? didn't understand what HPV was, but you know, the ministry giving them for free, so they send the child the same way with the fear in them. And it was it was really an experience. But Meg, we have to understand that we have your perceptions and your realities and your experiences are not the same as other yeah. persons. So it is difficult sometimes to understand their view. But it, 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 there is value in trying to understand why it is they're so against it. Because it's when you do that, 
you can really, you can see whether or not you can, I don't want to say change their mind, but enlighten them. But right? it's interesting, you know, because they tell the children this, but they still sign the form for them to get it. So it, it was just the fear that they've planted in the children now that was surprising to me because you still sent them to get it. So, you know, it's kind of counterproductive because now they're in the nurse office shaking. <laughs> well, that is, that is, that is that. And I think the majority of people still don't understand even why the HPV vaccine is important. So it's, we, I think we really missed it, missed, dropped the ball on that one. We did, but there's always an opportunity again to revisit that and improve. And especially now, bringing it back to COVID-19 and COVID-19 vaccine, I think that I'm hoping that there is more public education around it and we have the hashtags and we just have more information about it. And I think community education is going to be very vital, like actually going into communities and speaking to persons on a community level. But each of us got it. What were some of the sims you haven't been talking? You're silent. Boys must take the HPV vaccine too, you know. Agree. Not agree. agree. <laughs> so, you vaccinate you with the HPV vaccine, you vaccinated quite a few women. So yes. That's how I feel. So, it should be for them as well. <laughs> All right. So what were some of the symptoms that you got? Um. So, all right. So... I got the vaccine on the Thursday. This was around like three o'clock. I got the vaccine, right? Um, I had zero symptoms up until the Friday morning, around three o'clock in the morning. I was shivering in my bed. Literally, I was just like, yo, mandible cold still, but Jano, this is next level. I am freezing, right? So I get up out of bed. I had to pop two panadols because I'm just like, this is quite abnormal, like very abnormal. Um... And I had, a, I had a splitting headache when I woke up at that time. I had, I'm pretty sure I had a low-grade fever, but didn't measure it. And then, what else did I have? I had muscle pain, but just by the injection site. So I popped two Panadols and tried to sleep it off, which I did. It took me like, I always take a while to fall back asleep, but yeah. I took maybe like 20 minutes, fell asleep, was good. Woke up the morning feeling great, right? Felt okay. Got ready for work, and maybe around so it's that was three o'clock. I took the the Panadol in the morning. Six hours later, you know when Panadol starts to wear off and thing, everything starts hitting me again. I get mild chills, just very mild chills. I have goosebumps all over my body I, at work, and I'm exhausted. Like there's this huge wave of exhaustion. Don't know where it came from, and I'm just like, yo, this is not good. Right, I'm on duty today. Right, this has to last another almost 24 hours. Like, I have to be working for a while, so yo, these things need to just go. So, I'm trying to. I went back home, I walked back home, popped some Panadol, felt better. I only had the exhaustion, like the fatigue and the muscle pain, those were my main symptoms after that. I didn't really get any more chills. Um, and I remember it was me and another doctor, um, Brooks. Right, and we both were on duty. He's over by maternity calling me to review babies and so on. This is the middle of the night, and I'm getting like that same minor chills again. So we just have to like keep popping panadols and so on. And after a while, I was good. The next day, I was pretty fine. I had no more symptoms. Only the 
the pain to the injection site lasted maybe about five days. And that was it. It was... I think if I took the Panadol, when I was supposed to take the Panadol, I would definitely have not had a lot of the symptoms. So, yeah. Alright, Meg, what about you? Okay, so I got vaccinated at like 5.45 in the evening, right? Um, And then I came home and I was fine. And I said, to, you know, my mother was like, you know, everybody's saying you should just take the Panadol, take the Panadol. I was like, nah, because I want to know what I actually had. Because if you, you know, if I want, you know, I want to educate people and I want to be able to say, this is what happened to me. You know, because if, because, and you'll see why I said that later on, because I didn't take the Panadol, right? So, and I was fine. So I wake up in the middle of the night. I was like, oh my gosh, is this a symptom? Because everybody talk about how they wake up in the night with fever. Wake up, nothing. All right, clearly I just rolled over on the remote while I wake up and go back to sleep. I wake up the Saturday morning. I feel okay. I in my bed the whole day. Didn't pay it any mind. I was just in the bed, right? And eventually I got up for food. I guess I felt a little weak. Go back in the bed. Get up later again for food. But the second time I got up, it's like the, the room shaking. Like I was kind of dizzy. So I was like, okay. All right. A symptom. Because at this point I'm wondering if it's even water. The nice young nurse give me. Because I don't feel anything as far as I know. And then I eat and I go back in the bed. Fine. Later in the day, no. But in the night, no. I get up brush you know to brush my teeth to go back to bed now and it's like okay i kind of feel weak like why the little time i up to brush my teeth you know my back starting to hurt me and whatever so i was like okay i guess i feel a little weak maybe it's not igloo water after all maybe i did get vaccinated for true and then i go back to sleep and I go to bed. Then I wake up the next day. I feel like a brand new person. And it's at that point that it occurs to me that I felt weak the whole day before. But I never really, you know, I never really preached. And even when I said it to my mom, I was like, you know, I was telling somebody. She actually overheard me telling somebody that I felt weak. And she's like, I never noticed that. I see you in your bed, but you're always in your bed. So I never thought anything of it. But yes, apart from a little weakness and a little pain when you walk. But after you stand up the whole day Friday, I kind of did write that off. I never really thought, you know, vaccine. I thought, oh, I did stand up from 10 o'clock to 6 o'clock the, the day before. So a little pain is normal, right? But apart from that, I was fine. The injection sites, I slept on that side the night. I never really feel nothing much. That's the side that I sleep on. And yeah, I was, I was fine. And I never took the Panadol. So I felt like if I had taken the Panadol, I would have think it's the Panadol where I never feel anything. And I really wanted to give people an accurate representation of, you know, how you feel after the vaccine. But a lot of my other friends, you know, them had fever, they had pain, uh, you know, but everybody, everything that they had resolved within 24 hours, 36 max. Everybody was fine by Sunday. Yeah, 36 hours and I was completely fine. Way yeah. better than catching COVID for sure. <laughs> First of all, me would have never do a Meg do. Never. <laughs> never. Me not take myself. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I told my mother she looked at me like I was actually losing my mind. Like she no, no, no. was symptom. No, no, no. No, no. Is it because I have work? Yeah, but I don't work, girl. <laughs> I I no 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 no. Remember I this on Wednesday, now, so I had did I work on Saturday? <laughs> yes, I had I had three days of work. Exactly. And then I had Friday was the eve. Friday was basically a full day of work for me. 
So I was not taking that chance at all. I got my vaccine since everybody give them time. Must be about two o'clock on the Wednesday, right? Mm -hmm. I was freaking out because I got on. I remember very distinctly. I went on Twitter the day before the Wednesday, so it was to the ninth, and I'm talking about yes, guys. I'm a public health nurse, so we're getting vaccinated tomorrow. And I start <laughs> drum up a whole heap of hype and I say, Yeah, man, we need to use hashtag, we have to post and everything. You know, them come ask if we go for it. I message, I message her like, Yo, me not really know if I'm going to vaccine tomorrow. I just saw them set because them give me a false start already. I remember two weeks mm-hmm. earlier, the last week of February. I come work early, early, say, come, we're going to rounds, and as soon as rounds done, we're going to get vaccinated. Really? And guess what? No vaccine came that day. So I'm like, okay, cool. Drum up all this traction. I was like, okay, okay. You know? But it finally came. It finally <laughs> came. And I had to finish. I remember the, the nurse came into my the room that I was in and said, vaccine reach now. And I'm looking at the patient in front of me like, why I would you know I just I cannot wait <laughs> I cannot wait to get this vaccine so you know I think I had two patients or so left to see I finished seeing my patients and I already know get it I'm definitely afraid of needles I'm not ashamed to say that um okay you never have to say it like that but <laughs> don't worry me and you both Samantha I'm, I'm, I'm I know I know your your situation with needles. My mother will tell you, I used to go to the doctor and ask if I get an injection today. I never had no problem as a child and worse now. Something is wrong with you. But you know, no, I like, I took it back. I took it back. You are an exemplary patient. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm scared of them. I got it and I made sure to document it as much as possible. I was a full-blown Gladys. I was a Gladys. Get it now, but by that time I had already started taking my Panadol, you know. Mm-hmm. I so I the whole the first day I never have no symptoms, but then I wake up the next morning and I feel a little tired, and I say, okay, keep taking my Panadol. And as the day goes on, I get in, I feeling worse and worse. I'm not going to lie, it feel worse and worse. I'm tired. I think I had eye pains, and I look back at some of the videos I took. Um, I realized I had eye pains and stuff. And then I is around this time. I'm in my room this time doing some kind of work. God no, I was doing actual work, but I put my laptop in my room under the fan I'm gonna start feel cold. And I'm wondering to myself, but <laughs> why it's so cold though? So I figure okay, maybe the fan high go put on a little sweater, you know. Something else is thicker, still cool. And at this point, I'm freezing. So I'm having both chills and rigor. So I'm freezing and I'm shaking. And I, I feel myself because I have no idea where my thermometer is. It's somewhere, but I, can, I always put it up somewhere safe. I know I can't find it. <laughs> so I, I feel my body and I am burning up. So this is like the second time I've ever had such a high fever and such bad chills. But it was the worst chills I've ever had. I was freezing. And I just felt warm inside. And I just felt I, I felt like a suck out bag juice. There's no better way to describe it than say I felt like a suck out bag juice. But 
the sleep, the I tell you the sleep I got that night. When I wake up, I was like, who am I? It was the best sleep ever, ever. The Friday, I wake up good as new. And I still have some pain at the injection site. I had a little swelling there. But it's going down slowly but surely. And I can move my hand. I never had any problems moving my hand at all. But the Thursday night, lick me for six. I could not. I could not. It was, it was... It was a task. And I think it's important to talk about this because I remember which one of you said it. It lasted only 36 hours. Um, granted, my feverish scenario only lasted maybe about 12 hours. Or I have no idea when it went away because by the time I woke up the next day, mm -hmm. the next morning, I felt good. So people are talking about, yeah, but the vaccines are so hot. The, the hormonal vaccines. People are saying that, oh, the side effects are so bad. They're so horrible. So like they're worse than COVID. <laughs> but here's the thing. Yeah, you take your Panadol, you take acetaminophen or whatever painkiller your doctor says is good for you to take. You stay hydrated and you get some rest and it lasts. That, to me, I am, I am willing to, to have a few hours of discomfort. To have mm -hmm. the protective effects of the COVID-19 vaccine. Agreed. And I think Yo. that people mm -hmm. think this is just because it's the AstraZeneca vaccine and so on. But I was talking Yo. to a friend that got the Moderna. And she was saying, "Yo, she had the exact same symptoms as me. Like, the exact same symptom. Bad chills. Like, wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Evil, everything. <laughs> so, it's not just the AstraZeneca. This is all exactly. these vaccines. And... What um I I went to a, I attended an online seminar I think it was that Doctor Ennis and she said that the, the side effects means that your body is mounting a reaction they're a good thing it means that your body recognizes it and it's doing something you know so so that's why for me you know I was very much looking and waiting for the symptoms I come home in the evening and I bed and I come out of the shower and I feel like a coolish you know and I say yeah man it'll work. As I dry off, nothing. So, you know, I got to sleep very disappointed. I have the thermometer on my bedside. No fever, I uh, no. No, I have nothing to check, right? Have the Panadol. I'm, the, I'm a mom, so I walk with enough Panadol for my whole friend group. And I'm I don't sorry, take you, one you arm, said no. you're a mom? Oh. And, you know, you know, you know the mom friend? Oh, She's the mom of the group. Yeah. So if you look at my purse right now, because I don't think I leave home properly since, you're going to see the Panadol enough for everybody to take some. You understand? Yeah. Because, you know, we're ready. Oh, no. Oh, no. You see, because of all this vaccine talk and the um, side effects and so on, I think it's a really good thing to say, not just for people to understand, okay, what may happen, what may not happen, what's very common so they don't get scared when they actually get the vaccine, but also on a much larger scale, like when we actually start to vaccinate the entire population and so on, you have I mean, let's say you'll have it at workplaces and you have maybe a, a workplace and you're like, all right, guys, um, sign up to get vaccinated and so on and so forth, right? You can't have everybody from one department getting vaccinated the same day. Exactly. There is that possibility that you, that whole department is out for another day. So you have to do it in stages. I think the government has to realize that, okay, um, if we're doing this or... Whoever is in charge, whichever admin of wherever is actually administering the vaccines, they have to say, all right, 
some people in this department can go this day maybe the next few days later some people in another department can get vaccinated and so on but they have to plan for those side effects exactly actually one of my friends who got vaccinated i think she and monsieur consult and get vaccinated and i had symptoms at that point i decided and what a lot of teams ended up deciding doing is instead of everybody getting vaccinated upon the same day, they stagger it. Mm-hmm. And so that you try not to get the vaccine the day before, like your duty day or something, because it will mash you up. Man, that, you know? <laughs> that is so vax. I had like, I remember the symptoms hit me again. I was in my second C-section for the night. And, you know, in OT, it's AC. I'm just like, yeah, is it the AC? Is it the chills? Is it the vaccine? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, I agree. Exactly. So, it, it really guides it. And I think this is a great time for us maybe to, to lightly and kindly and as objectively as possible comment on what you think about the vaccine rollout and how you think um, the government is doing and um, how, how, what you think, like, do you think they're doing well? Do you think they can improve? Um, just stuff like that. I can go first. So, I mean, whenever, whenever, for me personally, whenever it comes to criticizing the, the government, I think it's nice to put myself in their shoes and um, maybe try and see things from their perspective. I was a little di- bit disappointed that there wasn't, from my perspective, it did not appear like there was a lot of pre-planning. You know, I can't say for sure that's, that's it. Maybe we're just seeing it from our end. But in terms of, yes, it's a new vaccine. It's a new situation. It's a pandemic. But I really would have loved that before it come that we had more educational promotion more health promotion surrounding it and i just just information and on access because i think what happened when they were they had the link come out and they had persons registering and persons getting appointments and then next thing you hear oh um only these these classes of um persons were being vaccinated i know a lot of persons felt confused and frustrated in terms of okay how do I know when it's my turn? And, uh, you know, in terms of, in terms of that, it just seemed a little bit, um, a little bit of a rocky road. Um, no, boy, I don't even want, uh, no, I'm hoping that they look in and they learn from their mistakes. And with this whole thing about getting the call center, I think they want to try and develop an app. Um, I think that is good so they can see that, they can they can kind of streamline it and make persons more more aware of what's happening. And I see no the regional offices are being much more active on well, I only use Twitter per se, but also on Instagram, they're a little bit more active on social media so that persons can get in contact and they're answering their phones when they call for sure. Um I know that there's that's one way. But then of course they're near and dear to my heart. May have a I, I, I want to, I don't really know if this is more the government or the university. I want to see more clinic. I want to see all clinical students vaccinated. And this goes beyond the MBBS students. This is the nursing students, the radio, the radiology students, um, 
the PT students because at MedSci faculty, there are so many types of students that have to interface um, at the hospital and interface with patients. And they, to me, are a part of the healthcare team and they are healthcare workers in their own right. So I think we're off to a rocky start. And I'm really hoping that we go up from here and that we're learning from our mistakes and we're using those lessons to make the rest of the vaccine rollout much more streamlined and less bumpy. Those are my two cents, as diplomatic as I could say them. <laughs> I think you said them very diplomatically because I don't think I would have said it like that. But taking my cue from you, I, I agree with you that we definitely did not, well, it would appear that we did not do enough pre-planning. Simple things like, how are we now having a call center to set up appointments when appointments have been being made since last week? You understand? Like little things like that. Like how are we now saying that the site to set up the appointments will be ready in April when vaccines landed last week, Monday? You understand what I'm saying? So it's kind of like we're catching up. And I think that when you do things like that, you allow for a lot of things to slip through the cracks, a lot of people to slip through the cracks. A lot of people to get just because you know they took advantage of a hole in the system. If you understand, a lot of vaccines slipping through the cracks, and a lot of vaccines as well slipping through the cracks. So I feel like we're playing a lot of catch up, and I don't think we can play catch up with people's lives because at this point we have to regard every vial, every vaccine, as somebody's life that we are now playing with. So, you know, that really, and as somebody who have a lot of elderly relatives that are waiting patiently, I don't have to be convincing them, them waiting, them want to know where to put their name and put their address, who them must call to turn up. And I don't know where to tell them because, you know, we have sorted that out. But when I went and got mine, a lot of elderly people were getting through or a lot of people who appear to maybe be elderly, but I don't know where to sign up my law-abiding elderly people. You understand? So it's a lot of, you know, but speaking from my experience now, which was unique, I think, but so, you know, the students, we've been lobbying to get some assurance that we definitely be getting vaccinated long before vaccine reach, right? Because I didn't want to be in this back and forth about whether or not we're going to get until they run out, you know, because, yeah. I think I believe negotiations should happen from before. So I approached the guild president months ago, I think from maybe January. You know, I approached the guild rep for MedSci, I approached everybody, anybody who would slow down and listen to me talk about why we need it, they they heard from me, you know. So Minister Tufton told me in a you know in a clubhouse room one day that yes, clinical students would be priority. Um, the Prime Minister also said it in a press conference and Dr. Ennis said it in the webinar that I told you that I went to. So, okay, we got we felt a little more confident that yes, you know, yeah. So we heard the date that the vaccines are supposed to arrive, but we don't hear anything from faculty up to this point, right? Vaccines arrive. At the time that the vaccines arrived, you know, we hadn't heard anything. Still waiting when the so, but what they had told us is that what not faculty, what ministry and everybody had told us was that you know, when they're doing healthcare workers, we would be just classified as healthcare workers as well. You understand? 
So we said, okay. So when we said that the Sarah website had out their form, we fill it out. It, a lot of people, you know, students filled it out because they told them that they'll be classified as healthcare workers and whatever. So if this is where we must put it, so we don't hear anything from faculty still at this point. So we fill it out. So when we get called for appointments on Thursday, we turn up. Yeah, we turn up on Friday. Who need to drive from way, way to come? Come, you know? And then it's when we arrive now, chaos, absolute chaos, to put it nicely. Um, people getting through who I look on them and I know they look younger than my parents who don't reach 60 yet. So I'm wondering how them get through, you know? Because it's supposed to be, and you know, they do, you know what they do. So you know they're not healthcare workers. You know what I'm saying? So you're wondering, you know, what, what now? You understand? And, well, and major... Meg, I'm going to stop you there because yeah. um definitely that whole that whole the Friday, the whole weekend, a lot of persons were upset about that. Right? Definitely. And a lot of persons talk about it online and you know they made the, the comments and obviously persons experienced it. Um and it wasn't just at your vaccination sites but other vaccination sites as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when it really came to grips that, you know, all right, there needs to be some form of streamline. Because the truth of the matter is, what we, we only know, we only know, just like how you only knew why you're there and how you get through, a lot of times we might not have known what had happened on the other side. So even from, even using your example, for example, for even using your situation, um, a lot of persons were may have or were also upset with that just because they may not have understood the logistics. Yeah. And at the end of the day, for me, it's just like, all right, guys, it happened. We have to move forward now. We look at it. We say it. We're upset. Whatever. You're upset. You're happy. Whatever. You learn from it. And at this point, no, we just have to go on. So now we're seeing we're okay. So today we was the final year students from all yeah. departments, not from just MBBS. So they had that's radiology, radiology, PT, anybody who is a final year. So for MBBS, that's fifth year, obviously. But for the other mm -hmm. programs, that might be third or fourth year and so and so forth. So the so final on. years. So I'm happy, I'm happy that after all of this, no, we're at mm -hmm. the point where we're now moving forward. Me personally, if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, Look back is it's going to be from the perspective I need you need to learn from it. And each person, honestly, I'm oh. not there. A lot of persons were coming to me and telling me. Um, I was just like, how did I end up in the middle of this? I don't know, but I end up getting a lot of information about what happened. And to me, it was I had the same answer for everybody. All right, now we need to just focus on logistics and we need to look at what logistics we are. Sims, you're super quiet. What are your thoughts? You agree with everybody. I don't know how it's up there in coming here. It's a country I go on good, you know. I don't know if country, I don't know if country is just Western Jamaica, right? But I remember when all these ham countries boasted on us, like, oh, this is a, it's a Kingston and Saint Andrew issue. I was like, okay, first of all, media country too. So I don't know why you're bringing me into this. I know that a, I know that a few elderly persons have also been vaccinated. I'm not sure if those are persons who had previous. Because in health centers, especially, they had started talking to elderly persons from before the vaccine reached, you know. So, yeah, which is why... Elderly, you know, because most of the elderly I know, they want the vaccine. And they're just mm -hmm. patiently waiting on their time. So, I want to big them up still. I'm not going to lie. Definitely. Definitely. But, 
I don't know. Them say country are going good. And you know, every region operates a little bit different. And for me, it's just like, okay, I, my biggest concern is I want us to reduce vaccine wastage. We only have a limited amount and we need to maximize on that amount. And then we need to work on our logistics so that persons can actually get the vaccine and we do it in an efficient manner. So we're wrapping up because we're at the, the last parts of it. I think Sims, you're still not coming. I don't know if you have nothing to say about it. Uh, okay, so obviously there, you guys have said it, that there are areas that need to obviously be adjusted um, for when we actually get more vaccines from different countries or wherever we get in the vaccines from. Um, like even writing, I hear we're writing in what, a big book? As to who get vaccine, like that's... so you never have a big book at your center. Yeah, but we're not allowed up my center, so yo, just hold it, hold it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> okay, you make it sound like, like an Excel sheet on the using, so I have a check. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I wish it was an Excel sheet, and that's the thing. We're in 2021 now, like. What what's the purpose of our book? Suppose you know I, somebody somebody tweets what if water dash upon it and I haven't been able to see yeah, it since. Exactly. <laughs> Suppose water dash upon it really like those things are I mean those are archaic things, you know. We need to we need to get with the times. I I say I would say it would be more organized if we did um even to fill out an appointment online at the hospital that was nothing. We didn't we, we had to go in um the secretary asked us a few questions and so on and then set an appointment for us and then called us and i'm just like to be honest a lot of that time could have just been spent you could have just sent out an email or sent out an online using other apps yeah. one of those because i know they have those um you know those meeting I apps i think it's a bit or websites i think it's a bit too soon to talk about apps and covid and those things. no 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 i'm not talking i'm not talking about a made app okay. there's literally there's <laughs> no it's like when people, you know, you never schedule an appointment from somebody who have an online business and you go on the website and you choose the available slots. And if that's what I exactly. So I think, <laughs> I think what we're all saying is that there needs to be some implementation of technology. However, I want to, I want to move it to you that at some locations, you know, there's at my health center, for example, we're not on a computer. I mean, I think we have one in registration. That's about it. But you'd have to be asking someone to bring, possibly bring their own laptop and put input information on Excel sheets. So not everywhere is going to be able to implement a lot of the things because we still, remember, we're in a country where there's still places that don't have good internet penetration. They don't have access to running water, light, and stuff like that. So we need to be... We, uh, yes, I think we need a mixed method where we implement technology, but we also need to remember our realities. And it can't be a one-size-fits-all. As one of my friends likes to say, who is in Western region, it's just like, listen, what worked down in your region now don't necessarily work at my region all the time. Agreed, agreed. Right? So I think that we have given some useful tips to an to a government that has has been given a tremendous load of work to do, right? They've been, I think, <laughs> they've been, it's like they have a streak of just having one thing after the other since they've been um, in power, right? Um, I don't know, I don't know. 
each person is going to think differently on how they're doing and how they're managing it. And yes, we use in the whole thing of, yes, this is a new experience. But at the end of the day, this pandemic kind of follows the same suit as lots of other infectious diseases, pandemic like the Spanish flu and so on. So we need to possibly just be a little bit more proactive. And I'm very being fairly kind when I say a little bit more proactive. But we definitely, yeah. we need to be more proactive. And yeah. Meg is right. So there are parts. We have been pretty reactive. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And... I would love to start seeing the vaccination numbers for sure. That would be amazing. And that would be so easy if it was digital. But, you know, that's just me. I mean, it would have been so easy if the book was numbered. <laughs> no, no. Actually, I, I put it to you that even, if the, even with those hiccups, it can be done because at the beginning of the day, you know how many vaccines or how many vials you start with. And at the end of the day, there's a count of how many you end with. So... You can extrapolate. Each person can keep a count of how many persons they've um they have vaccinated. You drop it in a Google sh a, a community Google sheet, and at the end of the day, it's tabulated. So I I think that that would be so valuable. That piece of data is so important because all the data we're seeing is how many active cases, how many new cases, how many deaths how many persons are hospitalized but then we need to add a new line how many persons have been vaccinated i agree i think it would give others motivation as well in order to get vaccinated they're like exactly. oh, hundred thousand people get vaccinated oh wow maybe i should actually go in and do this you know yes so, exactly yeah. so we're coming towards the end i think we've had a discussion that is educational in a different way not necessarily medically educating but hopefully as a, a form of social education um where we're sharing stories and sharing our thoughts and our experiences i hope i always hope that even persons who have the power to create legislation or have the ears of someone who creates legislation or has impact on policy and government also listen to these things which is definitely one of the reasons why you know it's a discussion and in discussions you want to remain respectful and you want to remain um just just in a tone that 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 is encouraging and educational and inviting so i hope that this discussion here has touched different people in different ways whether it is that somebody who is the head of a department say yo you know that's a good idea i never thought about that let me stagger how it's done or let me encourage the patients that come into it and have talks and whatnot about it or maybe it might reach the ears of somebody who say you know you're right let's start a whatsapp group or a google link where we just put in the numbers from each place and we tell it at the end of the day anything like that so we're, we're at the end thank you guys for coming but you know you have to plug yourselves meg if you want people to find you, you don't have to do it you know you don't have to do it. <laughs> like it's like the end of the radio show or the end of something you can either big up somebody you can say where you can find you can advertise like it's a free advertisement slot <laughs> or whatever you want to do well guys i just want to encourage everyone who has been vaccinated so far to answer people's questions do more do even though you get to 30 do more research because people have a lot of concerns and I think that coming from somebody who has taken it already, so they clearly believe in it, the information means more. And I don't think people are asking us questions to be fast. I think they genuinely are trying to make a decision. So please be open, encourage people to ask you questions and be open with your 
experience. And if you want to follow me, it's at underscore M-E-G-A-N-J-A-A-Y. See there one A made up put. Sims. Sims. Plug yourself or big up whoever you want to big up. Or if you have some advert it's free advertisement space, you know, free of charge. Uh, <laughs> maybe this part will be number one now and you can get a number one spot i don't know about that but we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see um i just want to encourage everyone to even though vaccines are being rolled out and so on and outside looking a bit more likely uh still wear your masks still sanitize still social distance right still follow all the protocols um and yeah, just keep safe, guys. And encourage, as Megan was saying, talk to your friends. The more we talk about it, the more, I guess, education spreads, the more information spreads. And that's always a good thing. All right. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. Um, you can follow me at Game Sims. So G-A-M-E-S-I-M-M-S. Yeah. And that's it. All right. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the podcast just going to wrap it up you know um definitely it's still covid time even this podcast was recorded in a covid friendly manner we're doing it over the internet so you know if you had any hiccups i'm so sorry about that but we have to work with the times i want you guys to stay masked up masks <laughs> i can't answer that word wear your masks um wash your hands frequently with soap and water you know sing happy birthday twice also want you to keep a distance, keep a distance, you know. And when the vaccine is available to you, please don't hesitate to sign up. Don't hesitate to go and get it. You know, you can follow me on my social media on Instagram. I'm at the layman's dr and also on Twitter at the layman's dr. That's at the layman's dr. And on my Twitter, if you follow hashtag vaccinateja, there's so much information being shared. Um, I have a thread on Twitter as well. If you just look for that hashtag where I'm trying to get all the information I can get about the vaccine, you're free to send me an email. You're free to send me a DM. Um, if you have my number, you can go ahead and send me a message on Telegram or WhatsApp about the vaccine. And I will try my best to answer it or direct it to somebody who can answer it. A lot of you guys have already been doing that and I'm trying very hard to keep my personal page as up to date on getting the vaccine in Jamaica as much as possible. As we said this, Christopher Tufton just posted something about sign-up dates for elderly and I'm about to add that to my thread right now as well. So you can follow me Instagram and Twitter at the layman's dr. And you can send me an email at thelaymansdoctor at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay safe, wash your hands, and wear a mask, and keep your distance.